morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. You're here in this room because you entered through a door. Duh. You're going, yeah, of course I did. Listen now. This is what I want you to get today. I want to start by giving you the bottom line in the first 30 seconds, and it's this. The very same doors that you entered through as a family were gathered together as a family. But those very same doors, you will exit as an army. An army to push back the darkness. I want you to think about that today. I'm going to talk about what that means. Just, Just a small part of what that means. We come as a family. We go as an army. We enter through the doors of this facility as a family. We exit through the same doors as an army. We come, we go. We go to set the captives free. We come to meet. We leave as an army to take ground back. You get it. This spiritual family, Gateway Church, we're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're not about serving ourselves. If you think this is about serving yourself, come on now. Tell yourself that's not the case. That's not why I'm here. I'm not here only for me. I'm here to be equipped by God through his word. Connecting with the Holy Spirit through worship. Because I need to go back into the Jerusalems and the Judeas and the ends of the earth as an army for him. We're here to serve and learn and love, I should say, and love others. We were reminded again about that last week. Tom Tucky, an elder of our church, preached a powerful message, placing a high value on lost people who need to be found. Now, when Tom preached, and as he was into his message, did any of you have the, like, wow, who was that guy? Anybody here? I was like, I knew Tom had a gift. But as he preached, it was so obvious. I mean, the anointing was on him. And his word, because we prayed about this word. We spent time saying, what's God seeing? What, what is God putting on your heart? It went straight to my heart. That little plastic, cheap, golden medallion that probably cost not even a penny. Guess what? It's gold for me. It's gold. It's kind of cool on, on Tuesday in our staff meeting. We, we went around we said, let's talk about fishing. Because we're here to fish for people. We're fishers of men. So I said, hey, who are you fishing for? Give me the first names. So Pastor Colin, he gave us 
the name of the guy he's fishing for, the family. And Pastor Joel, he gave, he gave a name. Stacy, Josiah, and Julie, and me. We're fishing. We're praying. We took the, the, the prayer on spiritual blindness, opened her up, and I just said, okay, what I'm going to do is, is I'm gonna, we're going to start praying. And we spent time because we want to fish. We don't want to just tell everybody else here, hey, go fishing. We have to fish, and we're doing that. And here's another great idea for us as, as a leadership team. First Tuesday of every month, fishing updates. Let's talk about what God's doing. I'm excited. I went on a fishing trip recently. And I've been on fishing trips before in my life where when we came back, guess what we talked about? Scenery, food, (laughs) fellowship. That's all good, right? But we didn't talk about the fish we caught because we didn't catch any fish. <laughs> I went fishing last week, and guess what? We caught fish. <laughs> it was great. Stefan and I had this great opportunity to, to head out and spend some time together. He just graduated. And, and we went fishing. And like I said, we caught a lot of fish. And it's fun to talk about the fish you caught. There is a God. And I believe in miracles. Because if I can catch fish, anybody can catch, catch fish. So I'm going to tell you where I was. I, I learned a tip. A good fisherman never reveals all his spots. Kind of keeps a few back. But I'm not a good fisherman, so I'm going to tell you my spot. Because I care about you. And I want, <laughs> I want you to catch fish. So here it is. You go north on Highway 10. That's it. We're supposed to have fun in church talking about the fish that are being caught for the Lord. And so we're, we're, we're doing that. I want to catch more fish. But just to believe that all we have to do is somehow be smart enough to get inside the, the head of someone to try to convince them of their need for Jesus, that's part of it. But you can never forget that there's a spiritual component to fishing for people. You have to pray before you share. You got to get prayed up. In your prayers, we what? We push back the spiritual darkness so that people's hearts 
would be receptive to the good news of Jesus Christ. Was that in the Bible? Absolutely. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. You're asking, how come I can't get through to my neighbor, this friend of mine in the workplace? I want to say, we got to get down on our knees and start praying like we've never prayed before. Pushing back the darkness. We come as a family to be equipped, we exit as an army. We gather to scatter, to go our separate ways, back into our world, to our Jerusalem, our families, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, as an army, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and push back the darkness all the way to the ends of the earth. Tom talked about Jerusalem. Today we get to witness a very own son of ours, Jesse Wagner. You know, Jesse, I'm going to have Jesse stand right now. He's going to help me today. He's going to share a little bit. His mom and his dad are here. Okay, stay standing, Jesse. Everyone look at Jesse. He's going to be right here. He's going to help me when we, when we go through communion, as we pass out the elements. But tomorrow, he's getting on a plane, and he's going to Taiwan. You can be seated. He's, tomorrow is the day. Because he's got a call on his life to push back the darkness in Taiwan. Commissioned officially with the Christian and Missionary Alliance under the banner of a ministry called Converge. He's a vocational international worker. But he has to have a sending church. All organizations do like this, denominations. They just get behind the local church. If there's no local church, there's no denomination. So who's sending, Jesse? You are. We are. Because there's blind people who need to hear of Jesus Christ. I want to share with you quickly one way that you can see the enemy defeated in your life. This table, right here. First of the month, the first Sunday in the month. This is the time for us as a spiritual family to take that bread and eat of it. To take this cup and drink of it to remember and proclaim 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. This, these elements, not the elements themselves, nothing mystical about the elements. It's not, hey, if I take these elements, I'm going to have the power of God. No, 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 no. It's what they stand for. The wafer is a symbol of the broken body of Jesus Christ, broken for us. Jesus who came in the flesh, God in the flesh. And that cup, that, that juice in that cup that you will hold today and look at is symbolic of his, his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of my sins. And folks, if you come with a broken, contrite, humble heart, remove the pride, get rid of the pride, confess the pride, get on your spiritual knees. Because if you do, power, wonder, working power will be released in your life. I promise that is the case. It is true. It's not just if you eat the bread and drink the cup and then, hey, where's the power? It's what it stands for. And a broken heart before God. The blood of Jesus released. There's power in the blood of Jesus, amen? It has not lost its power, amen? It is still relevant today, amen? As a boy, I sang about the blood. It seemed like every Sunday. Reva, Mom, remember, there's power in the blood of Jesus. I said it before. You're going, I've never heard that word, wonder working. Well, I, I sang it. It's like, like bread or something. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. I'm going to take you to one of many scriptures, just one. There's, there's so many of them, but I'm only going to one. It's this one. As we prepare our hearts for communion, begin to just dial down in your heart. Get ready. Revelation 12, 10 and 11. Lord, here we are. Release your power in this place. As we meditate on the blood of Jesus Christ, release your power in my heart, in our hearts. Friend in prayer, I just want to ask you a question. So your head's bowed. What sin are you struggling with right now? In the season of your life, is it unforgiveness? There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ to break it. Is it lust? Is it anger? Lord, 
cover us today with your blood. Teach us what it means to apply the blood of Christ in areas of our need. Thank you for this word. Revelation 12, 10, listen. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him. How? Say it with me. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Let's say that again. They, over, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So let me share with you. I'm going to just keep it up there. How this passage works on a daily basis. Because I want you to be equipped today, this morning, this very moment, to be an army. Now I know, I know that this passage of scripture that I just read is about an event that will take place in the end times. That's the context. But there's a timeless principle that can be applied. The enemy, the devil, in the scriptures, Zechariah, and John, the Gospel of John, where Jesus talks about the liar, Satan, who's been a liar. And every word he speaks is a lie. And every day, he accuses you. Tries. Tries to get in your head with self-condemning thoughts. And the word of the Lord today is this. You can take that blood of Jesus Christ, pour it out for you, and apply it against the work of the enemy. By the word of our testimony, right? How did, the, how did Jesus defeat the enemy in his temptations? As it is written, he spoke the word. So here's, here's how it works for me. How the scripture works for me in my life when the enemy comes in like a flood. I'm struggling with fear. That's what the enemy tries to mess my head with, fear. Going in on Tuesday for a surgery. And it's just, a, it's not a big surgery, so, you know, it's just, but it's like the enemy is just right there. 
And here's what God's been teaching me. How do I overcome the enemy? I know that, that I'm, I stand in victory, but I got to have that victory today. I just don't want to theologically know that's true about me. I want to experience it now. So I found a promise. The word of my testimony. I found a promise. And you got to find a promise yourself because I don't have time right now. I do, do not have time to help you find a promise. You got to find your own promise. I got mine. For fear. And I took that word, and I'm taking that word. Will I struggle? Yeah, I'm going to struggle. But I'm going to take this word, 1 John 3, 19. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest. Where? In his presence. I'm taking that word. I'm speaking it out. I'm putting it right down on top of that fear, and I'm squashing it in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Wow, you just get charismatic on me? I don't know. I don't know. I just believe. If I defeat the enemy by the word of my testimony, then I'm not just going to read the scripture in my brain. I'm going to say it with my mouth and take that blood and apply it against that fear. Verse 20, if our hearts condemn us. I say, God, I just... My heart is condemning me right now, Lord. I don't know what's going on. But your word says, you know everything. So move these condemning thoughts out of my brain in Jesus' name. I'm not saying it happens instantaneously. Sometimes it does. And I love this next verse. I don't have this next verse memorized. I'm going to paraphrase it. You're going to say, well, that's not what it says. Well, in my heart, I'm paraphrasing. If our hearts do not condemn us, you have confidence before God, and you can ask him what? Anything, and he will give it to you. You know what I'm asking for? Not the stuff of the world, because the world can't give me what I need. I need love because the perfect love of God does what? The word says it drives out fear. So that's how we come, friends, to be equipped as a family by his word and go as an army to push back the darkness. I'm going to ask the communion stewards to come. Jesse's going to come, sit right here. We have open communion.
And what that simply means is that you don't have to be a member of our church to, to take of that bread and of that cup. I just need to be a Christian. Follower of Jesus Christ. That you know at some point in, in your life that you said, Jesus, save me. I place my trust in you. And then you take communion. Check your heart. Don't beat yourself up. Don't condemn yourself. Like I said before, there's nothing mysterious in the elements. They're symbolic. If you're saying, I really don't understand this at all, you don't have to feel like you have to take it. You can just pass. And we'll take the bread together. If you want to break it, you can break it. And we'll do so with the cup. We're just going to spend a few moments just asking the Holy Spirit just to, to clear the slate